0: Our scripture lesson this morning, friends, comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and then 22 to 31. I invite you now to hear these words from Proverbs Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way, where she meets the path, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries out, To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, I was appointed from eternity. From the beginning before the world began, when there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before God made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, When he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And now, friends, I would like to invite you to get comfy, to close your eyes, to take whatever position you need to take to let your imagination just wander. And now I would like to invite you to hear these words and to create the scene in your mind as you hear them. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth from nothing but a formless void and darkness. God covered the face of the deep and a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light. And God said, it was good. Then God separated the dark from the light, called the light day and the dark night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. Then God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters. Let it separate water from water. So God made this dome and separated the water. And God called the dome sky. There was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky gather together, let dry land appear. God called that dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, God called sea. And God said, it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants and seed and trees of every kind and it was so, and God saw that it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky. Let them be for signs, for the seasons, for days and years. Let them light up the earth, and it was so. And then God made two great lights, one to rule the day and one to rule the night. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to separate light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creature. Let birds fly across the dome of the sky. And God created sea monsters and every living creature of every kind. And God said it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And then God said, let the earth bring forth other living creatures of every kind, creepy, crawly things, and wild animals. And it was so. God made wild animals of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground. And God said it was good. And then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to God's likeness. And they will have dominion over all the earth, over all the creeping things. And so God created humankind in God's image. God blessed them. God called them forth and it was so. God saw everything God had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earths were finished, in all of their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work God had done and rested. God blessed the seventh day, and because on it God rested all the work that God had done in creation... These are the generations of the heaven and earth when they were created. God looked around and said, it is good. The word of God for us, the people of God. Today's scripture lessons were long, friends. I will acknowledge that. But this week as I read through these, I could not resist reading them in their entirety. I will say, the Genesis scripture was mostly Genesis and partly Sarah ad living but these texts are so incredibly rich, and they're so difficult to preach on because they are abstract, because they're poetry, because they tell story through visuals. This poem, these poems tell us the beginning of our story with God, and if I love anything, it's like a good poem. It's written art that's meant to speak to our souls, to tell us something that formulas can't. As I read this scripture this week, it just felt so holy and grounding to me. Partially because I had literally never read the scripture out of Proverbs before. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard Proverbs read in a worship service before. But it does exist. (laughs) I was reminded this week that in the beginning, before there was anything, there was God and there was Christ and there was the Holy Spirit. On this Sunday, we celebrate what is known in the Christian church calendar as Trinity Sunday. And as I talked to some of my clergy colleagues this week, and we talked about Trinity Sunday, there is a shared feeling of, we don't really know what to do with this. And that's because it is a very strange church holiday. A lot of church holidays are celebrations of things that happened, right? Christ was born, and we call it Christmas. Christ's death and resurrection is Easter, we just celebrated Ascension Sunday, we just celebrated Pentecost, all of those things are events. Trinity Sunday is not an event. At best, it's a really confusing theological concept. And that's not nearly as exciting as Easter. (laughs) It's worse because the concept of the Trinity itself is something that Christian theologians have been arguing about and trying to articulate for thousands of years, and we still haven't got it completely figured out. Today is a day that's meant to celebrate the three-in-one, and the problem with that is Scripture doesn't completely break down for us what that means. Scripture does tell us a lot about God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't tell us everything. And while we've spent literally thousands of years trying to figure it out, if we figured anything out, it's that we're not going to. We can't put God in a box and we can't completely figure God out. Truly, God is a holy mystery that is frustrating. Because if you're somebody who likes logic and likes to have all the puzzle pieces and know the formula, you're never going to get this one. Truly, it is incredibly frustrating. What I love about these scriptures is they tell us that in the beginning, God danced. God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus danced together. They've always been... They're the starting point of every moment in our lives, just as they are the starting point of scripture in itself. And that, for me, brings me comfort. It makes me content with not knowing everything because it feels like enough. It brings me joy and hope, sorry, because it makes scripture worth reading in its entirety. It tells us that in the beginning, When there is Trinity, there is also darkness. In the beginning, there is this sweeping, formless void. There's disarray, there's emptiness, and in a really strange way, I find this comforting too. Because the world lately feels a lot like the beginning of time. This idea of this sweeping, formless, dark void that cannot be controlled, that we can't get a handle on, that is just raging, this idea of emptiness that's all-consuming, that is what the world feels like most days to me. Life, as of late, has forced us to face the reality that we have not yet arrived, that the kingdom of God sometimes is really missing from earth. And there's something so oddly comforting for me to know that chaos and darkness is not new, that it's older than the earth itself, that it's always been for as long as God has existed, the void and the darkness have been around too. Maybe I'm strange for finding that comforting. I am a glass half full person, so other people would probably be like, darkness has always existed is not comforting. But for me, the reason I find it comforting is because of what these scriptures tell us God is in the midst of darkness and formless void. In the beginning, I just see in my head this picture of wind and darkness and void with no direction, of all consuming, all consuming emptiness when the world is loud and chaos, which we could not ourselves begin to fathom, lives. And I think the reason that God created us last and not first is so that we would be spared from it. God put the world into order, put the darkness at bay before God created us. The darkness and the emptiness and the beginning would have been too much for us to grapple with. And though it still might rain around a little bit, it's not like it was. What I love about this story, what I love about the scriptures is because while we may not know everything, what we do know about the Trinity, about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is that when darkness is blowing and winds are raging, they are unwavering. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they don't just sit around when the world is encompassed in darkness. When the earth is formless, they get to work they dance and they start creating. They move through the void and somehow make beauty. They get imaginative and they start painting and dancing and making art, inspiring poetry that still doesn't fully comprehend what they're doing. God looks into the depths of darkness and somehow sees potential. And then God puts that potential into motion. When there was nothing but formless void and darkness, God created all of this. God looked around at pure emptiness and said, I could delight in this. This Greek scripture reminds us that we serve a God who is a master artist. I love the phrase used in Proverbs that it is a master creator. I also love out of this passage from Proverbs The nature of God. That is the most beautiful part of the passage out of Proverbs to me because it tells us that God is one who is imaginative, who's full of joy, who delights in us. That when God sees all this formless void and all this chaos, for God there's nothing but joy. There's delight. That God looks at people and somehow delights in them when I can't look at people and find any delight. (laughs) While we may be people who don't understand the entire holy mystery of the Trinity, what we do know is that we serve a God who can take formless void and darkness and give it some sort of beauty and meaning. That we serve a God who can take a void that would consume the entirety of the earth and give it direction and so surely God can look at the voids and the darkness and the chaos of our individual lives and the world and our communities and make something out of them too. We have assurance that while darkness still exists and it might get really, really loud, that God is somehow at work creating and dancing and living into a joy that cannot be moved. We have assurance that God didn't stop creating when the world was done, but rather continues to be active and at work in all of our lives through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and through God, God's self. We celebrate that God does not sit idly by, that the Trinity is never still that they're somehow still dancing and full of joy and loving creation when we find it just robbed of love. The Reverend Dr. Luke Powery states that as Christians, we're called to be God's artists of hope until the day that God fills the void once and for all. Luke Powery is pretty brilliant but this is one of my favorite things I think he's ever said. Because it means that we are invited into God's creative work, that we have been created in God's image, and so on some sort of very, very small scale, we have a piece of the joy that God has that's unwavering. We find hope in Christ, who brings us resurrection, We are a people who gets to create with God, who get to hope, who get to dance and paint and imagine what the world could be too. And we get to do that only because God has invited us into it. A God who looks at formless void and darkness and makes it into something truly amazing says we could be a part of that too. God, Christ, and the Trinity, who looked around and said, all of this is good. These people, as messed up as they are, as messed up as they will be, they reflect my image, and they are good. We are still being invited into this creative work, friends. We're invited to create modern poetry to be people who are inspired to live into the truth of God's artwork, to be people who are not stagnant and refusing to dance, but to be people who just dance like crazy, who clap and sing and create artwork and have joy that seems almost foolish. As you go out this week, friends, I just want to invite you to live into the joy of these scripture lessons, to read them again and again if you feel led to, to be a light, to know that you contain light in the midst of a lot of darkness, to rejoice in the fact that God is in fact a holy mystery and you don't have to figure it all out to be a part of it. While we may not fully understand what it means, while we may not fully understand the concept of the Trinity, and we could get really bogged down in debating that, if you want to do that, please do not invite me. (laughs) We could get really bogged down in all of those things, or we could just be amazed by it. We could realize that while we may not fully understand it, we still get invited into it this week I just want to invite all of us to lean into the call of being artists of hope to speak that hope and that light that unending joy that refuses to move that refuses to be uprooted into a world that feels a lot like a formless void because y'all it really needs it And if not us, if not now, then when and who? Amen. I would like to invite you now, friends, to turn in your hymnal to page 12 to join us in our communion liturgy.